The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Bully Ray talk all about Monday Night Raw. We talk about Alexa Bliss and what's going on with Uncle Howdy and how does this factor in to Bianca Belair and that Raw Women's Championship. Also, we get into... The return of Cody Rhodes. When are we going to see it? Is it going to be at the Rumble? We'll talk about it. And also we get into the bloodline, more especially Sami Zayn. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I have to say this, and you know, Bully, you and I have been doing this show for well over five years. And we've talked a lot about Monday Night Raw. And I think our biggest gripe about Monday Night Raw is the three hours. Last night, that three hours went by pretty quick. Why? Because the entire third hour pretty much was that tag team turmoil. Um, and and I loved it. Just match after match after match. Uh, some really great wrestling. And I'm very interested now what's going to happen that the Judgment Day has won that and now has a shot against the Usos. And what a statement they made. And I have to say, I feel like the MVP of Raw last night was Dominic Mysterio. I'd be hard-pressed to disagree with you. Dom did a phenomenal job last night. I loved the recap story that the WWE told about what happened over the holidays and Dom doing hard time in prison I liked the segment with Miz TV. I liked the the ending match with the tag team turmoil. Dom getting it done for his team. I I have said that they've been on the right path with Dom for a while now. I see so many people on social media yeah. who slag on Dom. And I'm just like, wow, I don't get it. Like, what are they seeing that I'm not seeing. And I got a pretty well-trained eye when it comes to this. Does does everything that Dom does sound right or look right? No, but he's a freaking puppy in this business still. This is his first beret into a major story. He's still getting his feet wet in this business. If Dom is doing this good of a job now, imagine how much better he's going to be in just a couple of years. And 
his supporting cast could not be any stronger. Having Rhea right next to him, being aligned with Phil, Finn and Priest, I'm enjoying the Judgment Day. <clears throat> and I remember me and you having some conversations about the Judgment Day once they got away from Edge saying, wow, this group is falling by the wayside. Incredible job by the WWE and the four players at hand to get this back on track, doing some great work, great promos, really strong in-ring work. Priest went 50 minutes last night. Real good job by the big man. Loved it all. And you know what? Like when it comes to Dom and you're saying that, yeah, maybe he's still kind of wet behind the ears and he's still learning and, you know, he's so new. But that's but that's part of the storyline as well. He's a little gullible. He doesn't know anything. He's not experienced. That's why the Judgment Day is able to take advantage of him like they're doing, why Rhea is able to take advantage of him like she's doing. To me, that all buys into the storyline between Dom is because he's so inexperienced and because he's so wet behind the ears. I, I, I love it. I, I love what's going on with Dom, and I think he's playing his character perfectly. And you want to know something? He's pretty damn good in the ring. Like, I have, I don't see really that many flaws in Don Mysterio's game right now for somebody who's so young. And I'm I'm loving the whole storyline, and I really am interested the next step now with the Judgment Day going up against the Bloodline. So when they went off the air and you had the Bloodline face-to-face with the Judgment Day, my, my immediate thought was, who am I pulling for? Who are the baby faces and who are the heels? So, Dave, who are you pulling for? <sighs> it's a tough one. And for me, it's probably going to be the bloodline. It's it's probably going to be the Usos. But and and I love the fact that you wait, really wait, wait, what you just you just said it's probably going to be the bloodline. It's probably going to be the Usos. What do you mean? No, I meaning that that's who I would be rooting for. That's probably who I would be pulling for the bloodline. And, yes. I would probably be pulling for the bloodline. I think, and I think a lot of fans would probably agree with me as well, Bully. But I love the dynamic of like you have like these two heel factions, these two heel teams going up head to head. I felt like last night there was a lot of blurred lines, even with like the Judgment Day with the Miz and some of the things the Miz was saying and some of the things the Judgment Day was saying to the Miz. Bully. We were saying about the bloodline that there really wasn't as great as the bloodline has been, that there really wasn't that force to go up against the bloodline. You know, we're seeing Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens is going to go up against Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. But there really wasn't that group to go head to head with the bloodline. I kind of like that dynamic. And I really love that face to face that they had to end Monday Night Raw last night. The face-to-face was great. Really enjoyed it. I always I always get a laugh whenever the Usos have to have face-to-faces with other with other uh, teams or other people because you can tell that they want to laugh all the time because they're having such a great time out there. Uh, so they're face-to-face with the bloodline. I don't know if it's Jimmy or Jay, but it always seems like he's going to lose his shit and just start laughing. And uh, But, I, yeah, I liked it. I, I don't know if it's the right time to take the straps off of the Usos, but I have a funny feeling with the direction that they might be going in with the whole Sammy Zayn and Solo 
and Roman story that they might get those straps away from the Usos and get them on the bloodline. How do you feel about that? I think it would, I'm not going to say it would hurt the bloodline, but I feel like the bloodline has to look as strong as they can going into WrestleMania. But you, you brought up something that obviously we're seeing played out every Friday on SmackDown. And that is a little bit of the tension between Roman and Sami Zayn. We just saw it this past Friday where it's like, you're almost like you're almost at the edge of your seat, walking on eggshells. Whenever Sami Zayn and Roman are alone in the room, will Paul Heyman hanging out in the back of the room. Like it's almost like at any moment, Roman's just going to grab Sami Zayn and crack him in half. I actually thought it was going to happen this past Friday. And there is, there is a little anxiety and tension between those two right now there is and it's getting sammy over oh and they actually they actually have taken something that started to happen organically in the arenas every night and turned it into a story and i love that and that story was the people chanting for sammy sammy asked roman a couple of weeks ago hey man you're not a you're not mad that the people are chanting for me and not for you, right? And, and you could see the look on Roman's face where he just wanted to snatch Sammy up right there, just like you were talking about, and just snap his little neck. But no, Roman cooled out. No, man, it's all good, bro. It's all good, Oos. You let them chant for you. And the fact that they turned that into a story, I really enjoy because that means they're listening to the audience. Well, I don't like care that. what they're as long as the, that you, you've heard me talk about this all the time, Dave, a good booker, a good promoter will always stand out there and listen to the people and the people will let you know what direction you should be booking in. The people will let you know what's working and not working. And obviously the WWE is listening to what the people are telling them about Sami Zayn. If you were to book Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns right now for that world title, those people would firmly be behind Sami. And there are a lot of twists and turns to come up in this story. And that's my question to you, Bully, because I know how you know things are planned in the world of wrestling, especially in the WWE. But do you think all along that this was the plan for Sami Zayn, or do you think there was somebody listening and saying, hey, we got to do something with Sami because he's so over with the crowd? And that, and on top of that, you know, would this have happened in the Vince, McMahon, Vince McMahon era of creativity where, you know, we've heard a lot where Vince McMahon has his plan and he goes forward with his plan? You know, is this a little bit of a taste of a Triple H creative where he's actually maybe listening to the audience right now? I would venture to say that this is more the Triple H crew listening because you can't stop rock and roll and you can't stop the people from firmly being behind Sammy. Sammy at the beginning of this entire bloodline story was like comedy relief. He was garnish on the plate at best. He was a piece of kale or a radish just there. Probably get thrown away when the people are done with their plate. Somehow he's moved up to the potatoes. Why are we talking about food? I'm getting hungry. Um, I'm always hungry. Um, Roman is the steak, but somehow now Sammy is the potato. Sammy is more of a part of this story in this crew 
than even the Usos are to me. I mean, you could make an argument that in the hierarchy of the bloodline, when it comes to commanding attention, Roman first, Sammy second. Yes or no? Uh, I agree 100%. And, and Bully, you have said this, and you've said this on the Masters class many times on the Busted Open podcast, where sometimes less is more. Anybody that's familiar with Sami Zayn going back to the El Generico days, Bully, you know the, the wars that El Generico had with Kevin Steen, now Kevin Owens, the latter wars. Like how many times they were bloody messes and would put their bodies on the line back with Ring of Honor. And then when he went to the WWE, I never felt like Sami Zayn ever had like even footing in the WWE. I felt like he kind of changed characters and went from baby face to heel many times. They never really had a firm plan for Sami Zayn. With him doing as little in the ring as possible as he's doing right now, Bully, there is no doubt that he is doing right now the best work of his career, and it's not even close. 1,000% agree. Sammy is highly entertaining. Uh, Sammy, great in-ring wrestler, very exciting to watch. And there was a time there where Sammy wasn't doing a damn thing. Almost, almost like, uh, like, I don't, I don't want to use the word demoted, but like became a main event wrestler. And I don't mean main event wrestler as in the top of the card. I mean, on like, like the TV show. Yeah, I agree. Sammy went from working main event to now being in a main event storyline and capturing the attention of the crowd more than the world champion. You don't believe me? Just go and listen. People are chanting for Sammy. How did he do that? It just happens, Dave. It's, it's how you get a character over. And Sammy is so over right now that he doesn't have to rely on all of that crazy shit he did in Ring of Honor as El Generico against Steen in those bloodbaths. Because the more over you are, the less you actually have to do. And now Sammy gets the same reactions for a clothesline that he would get as if he was throwing his body on the line doing a dive to the outside. And think about this, Bully. El Generico was a masked wrestler. Like, you never saw Sammy Zayn's face. And now everything about Sami Zayn is his facial expressions, right? Like the way yes. he reacts to Roman. Like, like here's a guy that for most of his career had a mask over his head where you couldn't see his face. And now everything he does is based on his facial expression. It's pretty amazing and you gotta, to think about it. You got to be able to appreciate the interaction between all parties involved in the bloodline and the way they play off of one another. I mean, the way Roman and Paul... And Sammy and Paul and Roman and the Usos and Sammy and Paul and Roman solo, everybody solo being so stoic. The Usos with their personalities, everything that Sammy is doing. Roman, obviously, the, 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 the Marlon Brando of the godfather of the group, cool, calm and collected the whole time until he blows up. And when he does, you better watch out. And Heyman just lurking in the background 
adding so much to the entire story by doing so little. Paul's reactions with his facials to every little thing that Roman says or Sammy says backs up the story. Because if Paul is showing fear on his face because of something Roman just said, we know that we should be fearful of Roman also. That's how this works. That's how all this storytelling works. That's why we always talk about it's not about the moves. It's not about the moves. There's only one reaction to a move. You can react to a move. Yay. Wow. We, oh boy. It's the same thing. You don't get that with the bloodline. They run the gamut of emotion because they make you laugh. They make you boo. They make you cry. They make you, they, and everything in between. But more specifically, Sammy, this is happening in a very organic way. Happy to see that the WWE listened. And yes, I do believe this is creative listening and saying to themselves, let's not try to fight this Sammy thing. Because most likely if it was Vince and Sammy was getting over more than Roman, what you would hear is, damn it, Sammy's getting over more than Roman. We got to stop this. Oh, how do you want to stop it, boss? Fire Sammy. That's what would most likely happen. I, 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 and I, I, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not being serious when I say fire Sammy, but they would do something to write Sammy out of the equation, put him in the background more. Don't give him any lines. Well, b- bully, and I, I think I agree with you that if this was the Vince McMahon creative, that Sammy Zayn would not be in the position that he's in right now. I think a hundred percent sure that they would have pulled him from this story because he was taking a little bit away in his eyes from Roman Reigns. So if anything, because you and I have talked about, and it's now been, we're right around that six month period that Triple H has been in charge of creative. The one thing that you can hang your hat on is the bloodline story because bully, I think the bloodline would look completely different if it wasn't Triple H in charge of creative right now. I don't know about that. I just think they're doing a better job of listening to what's working. And let's just assume that nobody in creative is actually listening. I can tell you the one person that I know for sure that I'd bet my life's fortune on who is listening. You know who that is? Who? Paul Heyman. Paul hears every last little reaction that goes on in that arena. And he will then take it to creative and quote unquote politic for whatever he thinks is best for the bloodline and the story. Paul was a master at listening to what works and also what doesn't work. Paul, when he was running ECW, was out there listening, watching the crowd, watching the body language of the crowd during a match or a promo, listening to the crowd, seeing what they were sinking their teeth into and seeing what they were turning their back to. So Paul has taken everything that he has learned as a performer, and he was an incredible performer, Everything that he learned as a booker and a promoter, and he was an incredible booker and a promoter, and he is now applying it. And we've seen him apply it to Brock Lesnar. 
<clears throat> we've seen him apply it to CM Punk, and now we're seeing him apply it to Roman Reigns and the entire bloodline. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. This is Adam Shine, host of the Adam Shine Podcast. Here to tell you, you can listen to my podcast all year round. I'll give you my NFL picks against the spread, give you fantasy advice all season long, while being joined by the best guests in all of sports. He's Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers. This is what I expect. You know, I expect to play well every year. We release episodes of the Adam Shine Podcast every week. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. The Adam Shine Podcast. We had the thumbs up, thumbs down bully yesterday as far as like Triple H creative and a lot of the wrestlers that have been brought back in his regime and if they're being used the right way. And when it comes to Bray Wyatt, I think we all kind of have a little bit of a wait and see attitude towards Bray Wyatt because we're waiting to see where this goes. Now, this this storyline is so strong that bully, it's not just on SmackDown on Friday nights, but it is bleeding into what we're seeing on Monday Night Raw with Alexa Bliss. And it's funny because with Friday night, it's Bray Wyatt and L.A. Knight. But on Monday nights on Raw, it is bleeding into Bianca Belair and the Raw Women's Championship. Like, this has got to be a pretty big, strong story because now it's affecting a World Heavyweight Championship bully. Like, And it's been going on now for months this story where we really haven't seen any kind of a payoff yet. And you keep saying, bully, like what kind of match are you going to get? Obviously at the rumble with Bray Wyatt, it's going to be this lights out kind of a wonky match. I mean, Dave, let me ask you this. I I don't mean to cut you off, but when we've seen lights out matches in the past, isn't that when they put the hood over the guy's head? It's it. The lights out has had many kind of interpretations to it. Like, I really don't know what this match is going to be like. Um, But it's not going to be just a regular wrestling match. You can't. Because like you said, with a Bray Wyatt, it can't just be a normal wrestling match. Bully, with now with Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair, it can't just be a normal wrestling match. Now, if Alexa Bliss was still being influenced by Bray Wyatt in the flashes, but that was not the case. Last night, she's a full-blown heel. So, and you mentioned the promo from Alexa last night. So, courtesy of Monday Night Raw, let's go back and listen to Alexa and what she had to say last night on Raw. Bianca Belair might be the Raw Women's Champion, but I'm the only one here. 
Because when I busted her face open a week ago, Bianca decided to go run and hide. Smart on her end, because she knows she doesn't need to be afraid of Bray Wyatt or Uncle Howdy. She's afraid of me. Because I am the face of evil. feel bad for what I did because honestly I haven't felt this good in a really really long time because I have finally taken control and I am the one in charge I have the whole world in my hands and I'm not afraid to use these hands to tear more scars into Bianca's face and take that Raw Women's Championship. And when I do... Yeah, now here comes, here comes, here comes Uncle, Uncle Howdy. So she mentions the Raw Women's Championship bully. And, you know, I guess it is still centered around that Royal Women's Championship. But, like, I don't understand where the Royal Women's Championship fits in. Because how does that, you know, she's talking about being the face of evil and taking control and wanting to, you know, you know tear into Bianca Belair and cause more scars for Bianca Belair. And then she goes, you know, and take that Royal Women's Championship. It's a disconnect for me. But also it seems like the story is about her and taking control. It seems like once again, it's it's really not about Bianca Belair. I guess Bianca Belair is just a tool to show how evil she is. Judging from that promo, it's really about her and Bray Wyatt and her taking control and her having the power over Bray Wyatt. It's very similar to what was going on the last time she was involved in a story with Bray Wyatt. Listening to the promo again and thinking about this version of Alexa, I and her saying that she's the face of evil and all this. When Alexa's out there, I think she looks really good. First of all, I think Alexa's pretty. I think she's cute. I think she's everything in between. I like her present. I think she looks good, you know? Yes. Think about how Linda Blair looked when she before she got possessed in the movie um, um, The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Or think about the um, the exorcism of Emily Rose and how Emily Rose looked before she became possessed. And then as the movie goes on, you see the deterioration of the physical character because the possession is taking over them so much. Now, I'm not suggesting that they have Alexa looking like Linda Blair when she became possessed, Reagan, the the, the character's name. But I'd love to see maybe a different physical looking Alexa Bliss because this fiend or this Uncle Howdy is taking over her. Does that resonate with you at all? Or is it yeah, just I me? Mean, listen, I, I would be into it. You know, like you were talking about a Kevin Sullivan. And, you know, it wasn't just about Kevin Sullivan. But Kevin Sullivan had like purple haze. And he had the fallen angel. And you saw them physically change, right? You saw them, you know, uh, you know um, Bob Roop. 
you know, you saw him become like he was a grappler, a wrestler, and his character and facial expression shaved his head and, you know, he completely changed. You know, side note, just real quick Jake Roberts told me that the guy he feared most was Bob Roop. Probably because he could probably break anybody's bones at the in a, in a split second. But Jake told me that his pro he, he he his promo style and the the way he spoke the way he spoke was because of Bro- he feared Bob Roop so much. Just a little side note, but keep no, going I, on. I, I I love that stuff. See again, I I think that would be kind of cool. I think that would I I think that would be that would be interesting to me. Again, I don't know where this story is going, and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, bully. I think having a lot of questions and making you tune in each and every week, you know, is is interesting to me. I I don't but I don't know if I'm at that point yet, bully, where all right, I got to tune in to Raw to see what the next chapter of the Alexa Bliss story is going. I don't I don't think it's really grabbed me and and I'm again, I said this last week, I'm speaking strictly for me. If people disagree, that's awesome. And and if you're loving it, great. Call in and tell me why. It hasn't really grabbed me. And again, I think the biggest thing is what you said earlier, Bully. With it's affecting a Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair should be having these banger matches, whether it's with a Charlotte Flair or a Rhea Ripley or a Becky Lynch. Like I put Bianca Belair on that uh, with Oscar. You know, you have you see the matches with Oscar where you're like, holy shit. I think, you know, with the athleticism of Bianca Belair, that's where she should be. But I and I, but I don't think that she should be involved in a storyline like this, especially when she's the Raw Women's Champion. And even bullying those promos where Alexa Bliss is talking about Bianca Belair and when she's mentioned the Raw Women's Championship, it's almost like she's shoehorning the Raw Women's Championship into the promo. It really doesn't have anything to do with the promo. It's almost like, all right, I got to mention the Raw Women's Championship because Bianca Belair is the Raw Women's Champion. Based on what Alexa Bliss said last night, if you want me to truly believe that Alexa is deranged and off the deep end, I need to see Alexa take her nails and dig them into Bianca Belair's face and rake Bianca's face to the point where I see nail marks in her face. Now, with the way the WWE can do things, with the Hollywood effects and everything, they can probably pull that off. But that's what I need to see, because that's what Alexa Bliss said she was going to do. Yes. And she said that she's the face of evil, and that's what evil would do. Not a drop toehold. And and the other thing too, Bully, the way she described what she did to Bianca Belair last week, did I miss it? Because I don't think Bianca Belair, by any stretch of the imagination, was a bloody mess like she described last night in her promo. I think I saw just a trickle of blood coming out of her mouth. Like the way she made it seem like she had all these stitches from getting busted open from Alexa Bliss last week. I mean, I I, I really didn't see that play out like like what we what she described in her promo. Uh, me neither. Like I said, I'd like to see a different physical aspect to Alexa, a more disheveled Alexa, as if she is being possessed by a demon. It almost sounded like, like last night when Alexa was like, 
oh, and it feels so good. It almost sounded like euphoric or she was getting off on this new kind of incarnation of the character because she was being repossessed by it. I'd like to see the physical change. There are so many different aspects of this that I think don't make sense to us. And people, this has nothing to do with Alexa. I'm a big Alexa Bliss fan, which is why me sitting here and you talking with you, Dave, about it kind of frustrates me because I know the potential that yes. she has. And yes, we will let this story play out. And I know Alexa has gone on social media and said, I guess you can't make everybody happy all the time. This girl's capable of so much more. And I know this story is very, very deep with so many layers, but it seems like there's so much to it that we get lost at times. And as you said, it almost feels like Alexa is concentrating on the work in the, on the wrong person in Bianca. I loved your suggestion about Alexa, this Alexa story playing out with Becky. I would like that. But it also seems like this story is about like she's in control and it's not Bray Wyatt and it's not Uncle, Uncle Howdy. She said it's straight. She goes, hey, I'm the one that's in control. It's me. I'm the evil one. I am the face of evil. Dave, what was that movie, uh, that scary movie where the demon or the devil would pass from person to person. All you had to do was touch the next person. Do you remember that movie? I don't. Paul, Gabby, Andre, Nation. The devil could uh, to, could jump from body to body just if you touch somebody. I'm almost wondering if this story is, like I think you just suggested, it has moved the 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 devil or the the demon or the the evil spirit has now passed from bray and now lives in alexa nfl fans right now on the sxm app hear in-depth coverage of your team with the believe podcast network on sirius xm it's all the analysis all the breakdowns that matter to you hosted by the players who played for your team and the fans who eat sleep and breathe it 32 diehard fan bases 32 podcasts the believe podcast network on sirius xm b l e a v search believe in followed by your team on the sxm app pandora stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts I can't wait for Cody to come back, and I'm hoping that Cody comes back at the Rumble. There's actually a poll at Busted Open Radio of where you would rather see him return, like he did last year at WrestleMania or at the Rumble. Where do you think, Bully, we're going to see the return of Cody Rhodes? I am assuming it's going to be the Rumble because to start these vignettes now, WrestleMania is too far off. And there are rumblings that Cody could win the Rumble. There are also rumblings of Cody versus Cena. Who knows? But I think now is the perfect time with the Rumble around the corner. Keep it fresh in people's minds. If you remember when Cody went on the shelf months ago, Dave, I said that we need to keep Cody's name out there. We need to remind the people of Cody's story. We need to remind the people of how valiant an effort Cody made to be in that Hell in a Cell match against Seth Rollins. He was an absolute warrior 
on that night. Sometimes injuries are so bad that the wrestler will just say to the doc or the trainer, well, how much worse can it get in this match? And the doctor will say, it can't. And that's when you just say, screw it. Jack me up. Get me through the match. And when I say jack me up, I mean like cortisone or something like that yeah. or whatever you have to do just to get me through. And that's what Cody did. And we saw in the package last night, he talked about, I think on the power bomb bump or one of the bumps, there was a little bit more left to tear. And it did. And he was in tremendous pain. He said he felt like he was going to throw up. These packages that Cody is doing, that they're doing on Cody, have me excited for his return. I tweeted last night, we are in the storytelling business. That words, those words come directly from Vince McMahon. We are in the storytelling business. And the Cody story should generate big business. And I ended the word business with two dollar signs because this should generate money. This is the kind of story people pay to see. This is the kind of story that people will buy tickets for, buy a, a network subscription, buy merchandise, buy something. And at the end of the day, in the wrestling business, you want to sell, sell, sell. And when you're done selling, sell some more. Dusty 101. You want them putting their hand in their pocket for something at any given moment and coming back for more while sending them home with a giant smile on their face. And that's what I think they're doing with the Cody story. And, and bully. And when I say this, I don't want fans to be disappointed. I actually want fans to be excited. I think the match we're going to see at WrestleMania with Roman is going to be with Cody. I don't think it's going to be with the rock and I'm completely fine with that i know there's probably a lot of fans that may not want to hear that but to me the story is between roman and cody and the story with cody is surrounding with that wwe championship let me explain because i know you're looking at me a little tilt all all of these vignettes with cody rhodes bully has been centered around his father Dusty Rhodes, and that he was not able to capture that WWF or WWWF championship. To me, there's the story. It's the it's the bloodline, that Samoan bloodline, against the family, that Rhodes family, and more in more in particular, Cody and Dusty. I I think it's gonna I think it's gonna really lead to that because why do we keep seeing the vignettes surrounded? by Dusty in that WWF championship. They keep because showing... that's what they started with. True, but I think that's also where they're going to finish with. Because they, I, keep, they keep showing Dusty holding that WWF championship above his head. That one championship in his Hall of Fame career that he was not able to capture. That, the story has to end there. And to me... Maybe, you know what, Bully? Maybe it's not this year's WrestleMania. Maybe it is next year's WrestleMania. But I, if you can't get The Rock, and there, listen, it is still out of the realm of possibility that we might not get The Rock, okay? How long has it been since The Rock has been in the ring? It was WrestleMania 29 against John Cena. That was a decade ago, Bully. And what happened in that match? The Rock got injured. And they had to delay a movie, uh, a filming, because he got injured. And that was a decade ago since he's been in the ring. I don't count that 
what happened at uh, the WrestleMania, you know, 30, 32, when he had that seven-second match. I'm talking about an actual match. It's been 10 years. We may not see The Rock at this year's WrestleMania. If it's Cody and Roman Bully, I am not going to be disappointed. I'm being honest here. If Cody would have never gotten hurt, I would have disagreed with you. But the fact that he did get hurt and fought in that hell in a cell while injured to the extent that he was injured, now I want to see the story. Because now it's not just about Dusty. Now it's as much about Dusty as it is the Cody redemption story. You see, my problem at first was Cody shows up in the WWE and it's immediately about dad. And dad's shadow, Dusty's shadow, has been looming over Cody and Dustin for so long. Even with everything that Cody had done with AEW, you got to get out of Dusty's shadow. I don't, and I'm not quite sure by telling the story of the WWF championship was the right way to go about it. But now that Cody got injured so bad and he fought so valiantly and he went to war with Seth Rollins in that cage and the people saw, you saw the looks on fans' faces. They replayed it last night when Cody, when Cody took off the robe, the extent of the injury, how black and blue it was to the point where when I first saw it, I was like, oh, they must have added makeup to his chest. No, they didn't add any makeup to his chest. That's what it really looked like. You know how I know? Cody sent me a picture. Just because I was so morbidly interested. I was like, I got to see this myself. He's like, bub, this is legit. Told me how he did it the whole nine yards. Now I'm really interested in the story because it's just as much about Cody's comeback as it is winning it for Dusty. Now this makes it so much more emotional, so much more personal. Not only am I doing it for myself, I'm doing it for dad. There's different levels. There's different stages to this emotion. Now maybe he's doing it for Dustin's mom also who just recently passed away and God bless Dustin Rhodes. God bless his mom who just recently passed away. Our condolences to Dustin and his family. Dustin's mom different than Cody's mom, but still tied into these, you know, it's tied into the family. Yep. We have the Rhodes family versus the Inouye family. Cody goes, now if Cody comes back at the Rumble and goes on to win the Rumble, you have, Three and a half months of solid storytelling around that. I don't think you can wait to WrestleMania next year. And honestly, I agree. I don't. The Rock thing is easy. But we're always relying on The Rock and Steve Austin and The Undertaker and this guy and that guy. We have an opportunity here to create a superstar in Cody Rhodes. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. 
Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.